to Creativity Conversations. I think this is episode 10. And I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with Christy Halverson today. Creativity Conversations, if you're new to the call, is where I get to have the pleasure of talking to people who live creative lives because they understand the nature of creativity, they embody it, and they share that understanding with others. So, Christy, I'm going to read your bio. Christy is a nomadic world traveler, and you'll get to hear what that means, transformative coach, writer, and speaker. In 2017, Christy sold almost all her stuff, I wonder what she didn't sell, and set out to explore the wider world. Through a deeper understanding of how our mind works and actually diving in and living what she coaches, life became surreal, work became effortless, and the unimaginable became commonplace. Christy's on a mission to reintroduce the world to the ease and success found when we stop trying to predict our future and instead are open to the infinite possibilities available to us at any moment. Her word to describe this simple, fun, and beautiful way to live is to cottywomple, that is, to live by instinct, open to limitless possibilities, and to enjoy life along the way. And to find out more about Christy, go to yourrevolution.com. Welcome, Christy. Finally, I get to have you with us. <laughs> well, thank you. This is fun. And, and it was interesting hearing that bio. I haven't, I haven't read or heard that in a long time. And I'm like, wow. It's, it's interesting hearing something you wrote a, a long time ago. And, and what has changed? Speaking of cre creativity, like what's changed since, since even that place? But uh, yeah, thank you. Can you say what that the some of the changes have been? Well, well, I guess because some people don't know what a nomadic world traveler is and stuff. I'll, I can just really give a really brief and and just like name a few things that I didn't sell. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, so I w I lived a pretty normal life until um, the end of 2017. I had this wild and crazy dream to to live in an airstream trailer and travel. And in 2015, I made a five and a half year plan to hopefully be doing that by the end of 2020. And, and life kind of took, took, me, took me by the reins, like almost lassoed me and, and drug me out into the world much sooner than I'd ever imagined. And, and it, it happened after I kind of realized that I, I wasn't in control and there's a different way of doing things instead of planning everything out day by day and kind of living more by the seat of my pants. And so, yeah, by the end of 2017, well, actually it was November of 17, I sold my house. I had a three bedroom house that I lived in for 12 years. I sold my house and I thought I was a minimalist until I started trying to get rid of everything and I realized I wasn't. And um, so, yeah, I sold almost everything. I kept my Airstream trailer, my truck to pull it with, and some things that fit inside both of those. And other than that, I, I left a couple of Rubbermaid tubs at my mom's house with some keepsakes. But other than that, like I live mobily and I pretty much have everything I own with me at all times. So I, I kind of live like a turtle. Except you go much faster. <laughs> Sometimes. It'd be, it, I honestly wonder if a turtle could have beat me across the U.S. Because when I, I left Florida, like my journey into the unknown, like selling my house started in November of 17. In January 1st of 18, I left Florida. I left Tallahassee, Florida and went west. And I didn't make it to California until April 14th. So I think a turtle actually could have beat me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a little 
just a little tiny uh, summary of what it means to be a nomadic world traveler. And in the meantime, I often park my trailer and travel all around the world, but I haven't been doing that lately, of course. So the rest of the 2020, I'll, I'll be in the U.S. definitely. But yeah, so that's it. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about how letting go of what we know, kind of living from that special place of wonder, it relates to creativity. So yeah. I don't know. I'm ready for you to ask me some really cool stuff. Ah, well, now you're putting the <laughs> pressure on me. <laughs> Let's see. Well, first of all, I just want to take a little exception to what you said about living a pretty normal life because you had, you tried your hand at a lot of different things, right? Oh, yeah. Can you yeah, just I guess say I a little bit about that? Because I think that also speaks to an innate sense that you already had, which you've certainly explored and expanded upon so beautifully. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. Sure. So what Nina's referring to is, my, I've, this is, I've had three careers in my life and I had many small careers before that, like as a young adult, before I actually, you know, went to university. When I got to school, I, I went to school mainly because I got a basketball scholarship. I mean, I knew I was going to go to university, but I didn't have any plans beyond playing basketball and getting some type of degree. And I took a bunch of tests when they threatened to kick me out of school if I didn't choose a major. And it said I should be an engineer a forester or an auto mechanic. And they didn't have degrees in two of those. So I said, well, I guess I'm an engineer. And so I, I ended up going to school for engineering. I got my master's in mechanical engineering and then promptly fell in love with firefighting. And so I worked two jobs as an engineer. The second one was only because my mom begged me to give, give engineering another six months. And six months to the day, I left engineering and, and went into firefighting full time. And I often tell people that was the biggest and best decision of my life to go. I was 24 years old and I left a very young career, a very new career as an engineer. And I was supposedly pretty good at it, but my heart wasn't in it. And I was a volunteer firefighter and I would go every night to the firehouse and, and work for free and couldn't wait to do it. And then I'd go back to get paid really well as a young kid. And, and watch the clock all day to get out of there. And I realized, what am I doing? No one in my life thought it was a good idea. No one. They all thought I was nuts because I, I took a massive, like more than a half pay cut, went to a, a career that you, you need a high school education and it's really dangerous. And it just didn't make sense to anyone, but something inside me said go. And so I, against everyone's advice, I went, I, I left engineering, I went to be a firefighter. And when I did that, it was pure, something in my heart said to do it. I called it following my heart and it worked out tremendously well. And so it was really cool because at 24 years old, that decision helped me see it wasn't really a decision at all. Like I knew I was going to do that. I didn't have to decide and I could follow my heart and it worked out marvelously. And so from then on, I was always a, people thought of me as a bit, I don't know the word, awkward or flighty. Like I just, did things that did not make sense to most people. And it was because of the quote lesson I learned at 24 that you can follow your heart and things do work out, even if it doesn't make any sense at all. And didn't you end up running that firehouse? No, there's a rumor about that. <laughs> I, I was a lieutenant, so I was a station officer. So I worked for a city that had five stations and I was the lieutenant, which means I was in charge of one of the fire stations. One fifth of the city, every third day, I was in charge of you know, the welfare of the humans and the property in that area. So I didn't run the whole fire department or anything, but I was a station officer. So it was fun. I got to, you know, 
sit in the passenger seat of the fire truck, make all the decisions at the calls and, and train and kind of coach people along um, in the fire service for, for my last, I was a, an officer for the last six years. So do you think all of that experience equipped you, if you don't mind the pun, equipped you well to Cottywample? For sure. You know, I, I say with firefighting, especially one, you learn to be just really open to not knowing what the heck you're doing, but figuring it out. And so you think about calls that firefighters go on and, and literally we went on everything, you name it, you name an emergency and we did it. So we would get calls sometimes and be like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> what do we do with this? But you've got to show up and actually do something, but you would show up on scene a lot of times and it could be having to pry somebody out of a car on the interstate or you name it, just really crazy calls. And you show up and you don't know what the heck to do. You've never seen, I mean, all the training you do, you get to calls and you've never seen this before. And you have a team there and you just know, hey, we're going to start working and eventually we'll figure this out. Like you don't show up on the call and say, ooh, guys, I don't know. Let's, let's call someone else. You know, you just figure it out. And so it's cool because you learn to be like pseudo MacGyver-ish. You know, if people are, are old enough and know about the show MacGyver, like the guy could do anything with you know, a pen and a toothpick. And so as a firefighter, you really learn to do that. And, and as an engineer, it was the same thing, you know, in a different way. But yeah, it really, speak of, speaking of creativity, like the job of being a firefighter paramedic is ultimate creativity. Like that's all it is. So yeah, it, it kind of did start laying the, a cool foundation for really feeling comfortable with taking off on my own and traveling. That's amazing. Yeah. So I think that's probably enough if, unless you feel there's more about your backstory. No, but no, that's good. What I'd love to do is, is explore with you um, the nature of creativity and letting go, because there's a clear connection in my mind, and I see it in how you live your life. Share some of that. Hmm. Well, I mean, this is a work in progress, too. But so if you ask me six months from now, it might be different. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's something huge about letting go. And letting go is probably much bigger than I even realize, like what that really means. So letting go of, of what we think should happen or what we, sometimes even what we want or how we know things. That, you know, you hear people all this time say, oh, that's how we've always done it. Letting go of that, letting go of who you think you are and what, you're think, what you think you're good and bad at and what you like. Letting go of being in control. The illusion of being in control. Like, I love the fact that we've all been plunged into uncertainty, you know, in the last six months, because we were always plunged into uncertainty. We are always living in the middle of uncertainty. And it was an illusion that we weren't. It was an illusion that we knew what was, you know, like people say, what, where do you think you'll be a year from now? Like, it's an illusion that we thought we knew that. And it's letting go of all of that and really, really, really being okay with not knowing and being open to life and the flow of life. Yeah. And I think that is all oh, creativity is there. Like creativity is always there. It's like the fertile ground. It's always there. And when we can let go in that way, like the sprouts just, they're going to come anyways, but it, it seems like they might come a bit simpler, easier, and maybe grow a little taller. So if someone heard you on this call and said, wow, I'd really like to do that, live that way, but I'm afraid to, how would you respond to them? Well, first I'd want to clarify, you don't have to travel to live this way, but you could just let go. You could stay right where you're at and, 
and 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 Cody Wumple and and let go, right? So number one, I would clarify that. And and sorry, can you ask your question again? Because now I forgot it. Thinking <laughs> of being great. in the moment. <laughs> That's right. So in the moment, just forgot what happened before. <laughs> Ta- well, let's let's go sideways, and then maybe we'll come back to this point again. Okay. Um, talk about Cody Wampling, what it means, and how you see it working out, even if you're staying in the same place and not traveling around the world. So Cody Wampling is just a really cool word that nobody knows what it means. So it's fun because we get to make it up. And the reason being is because there's a lot of other cliche words you could use to describe Cody Wampling, but we all think we know what they mean. So you get an idea in your head. But Cody Wampling is truly being in the moment, being open to anything. I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, like the slow one, I have like three definitions of Cody Wampling and one is unpredicting your journey. So it's not knowing where you're going. And then another definition is to travel purposely towards an unknown destination. So it's all about the unknown and being open and present. And yeah, like we can all do that from anywhere. I mean, you could be sick in a hospital bed and still be in that space because it's not a physical location. It's it's more of a way of being. And cool is you go look at kids, like little, little kids, like the little ones, and how they live. Like they're caughty wampling the heck out of life at all times. They don't know any different. They haven't been taught. Like even look at a little kid that's learning how to walk, caughty wampling, learning how to talk, learning anything and playing and the emotions a kid can go through in a five minute period. And so what's cool is we've all done it before. We've all know how to do it we know how to live like this because we've all been there and it's so it's 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 going back to what we already know how we lived before we were taught to live a different way and the creativity like think about the creativity of a kid like they have no idea whether they're good at art or music or singing or dancing or writing or poetry they just they just create because they don't know they're they're not so one, one uh, definition I heard of, of Cotty Wampling was to travel confidently towards an unknown destination. So to me, what you're saying reminds me of how when you don't know that you can't or you shouldn't, there's no reason to, to be afraid or to be anything other than confident. Because why not? Right. Yeah. And I didn't touch on the afraid part. Yeah. Because I kind of forget about being afraid nowadays. Like I'm, it, it happens because I'm human, but it's just so rare. And it's not like I'm out gallivanting and, you know, cliff diving or anything like that. I mean, I probably would if I knew how, but, but it's not like I'm not being safe, but it's, it's almost like there's a place where you can be like, what are you afraid of? Like, what is there truly to be afraid of? And I think it seems that comes from really knowing like who we are, what we're made of, what life's about. So talk about that. That part. Oh dear. Any like whatever comes up. It's a story. I know I've told it. I don't remember. I can't. I might have it was my Cotty Wumple group. I told it in. But there's a story about me in Oregon last summer. Like I fell in love with Oregon. I was on my way to Canada, and I actually went to Canada and said, "What am I doing?" And I went back to Oregon. I spent almost the whole summer in Oregon, in Central Oregon. There was a point where I wanted to go and see the sunset on this big butte, is what they call it. I don't even know if I'm saying it right because I'm from Florida and we don't have those. But they're like a, it's an extra large hill. It's almost like a zit. Like it's all flat and there's just like big hill. So that's a butte. So I wanted to go through this forest from where I was to this butte. And I knew the direction of the butte. And once I got 
a few miles into the forest, I could actually see it. So there was no trail. I was just heading to this butte. I wanted to see the sunset. And sometimes when I cattywampo, I don't think about like the sun's going to set and I'm on this butte and I got to get back. Like I didn't consider that. Next time I will. But I had to get back off the butte and through the woods and back to where I was staying in the pitch black dark. I was pretty confident I could find my way back, but it took much longer than I thought. And I got what would most people call lost. <laughs> but not you. <laughs> I found myself out in the woods and I knew like if I'm, I'm thinking if I keep heading this direction, I'll hit a fence line. And if I follow that fence line, maybe a mile, I'll get to the corner where I know the gate is that will lead to my trailer. That was in my head. Well, I found the fence and there's a big pile of rocks and boulders and I couldn't follow it. So I kept going back out into the woods and heading in a general direction where I thought the fence was, the gate was where I could get back to my trailer. And I never once had a question in my mind that I wouldn't get there, but I didn't really know how. And what was interesting is as I was heading to the butte in the daylight, I saw these two animals, which looked like they were either wolves or the most beautiful, beautiful coyotes I've ever seen in my life. But they were out there with me. And I remember seeing them like, oh my gosh, so beautiful. And I'm, as I'm in the dark, fumbling around in the woods by myself, I'm thinking, oh, those guys are still out here along with wild cats and outlines, I don't know bears but I wasn't scared and that was what shocked me is I wasn't scared at all and I remember the beautiful silence and the stars I remember how bright the stars were and how beautiful the silence was and I was kind of contemplating like wow what if an animal did jump out and try to find me in the woods like what would I do and I'm thinking I don't know but I probably will know when the if it happens and I noticed I was so present that I could hear things way off in the distance and I, I'm thinking, I would hear them coming, and I don't know what I'd do. I don't know if I'd hold my bike. I was with my bike. I don't know if I'll hold my bike. or I don't know what I'll do, but let me just trust I'll know then. And it was this beautiful peacefulness, and I actually did eventually make it out of the woods and back to my trailer. And my friends who I was staying in their yard, and I had texted them at some point and said, listen, I don't know where I'm at, but I know I'll make it home, but I think I should probably tell you that I'm out here. So he knew I was out in the woods. And the next morning, he was like, what are you thinking? You know, because he said that. He's like, there's wild cats and bears. And, you know, I probably wouldn't do that like every day. But it was a really cool experience because that was one of the first times I realized I wasn't afraid. And I, I loved the presence and clarity that came from not being afraid. And it was something to do with, this might sound morbid, but just knowing that like, if it was my time, it would be my time. And in that case, my body would be eaten by an animal or something and I would still be okay. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. So that was a long story to kind of say, like that evening, I really saw that I had a different understanding of who I am and what it means to, to live and to experience life as a human being. And there was just pure presence there. And not saying I'm in that space all the time, but in that space, like, wow, there's so much as possible and it's so peaceful. And yeah, hopefully I would have gotten really creative if an animal would have jumped out at me. But it didn't. Was that a long enough ramble to answer your question? Yeah. You, the first thing I picked up on with what you were sharing was how present you became. Yeah. And the contrast between being present when you don't have an agenda, you don't have a script, you don't have an expectation of how it would be, how it's supposed to be, that when you're in that space, that is when life comes alive and, and we come alive to life. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I can see myself in the past being so freaked out. It would have been a terribly unenjoyable experience. Like 
I wouldn't, I mean, I literally was in all of the beauty. I was in the woods and it was, there was like no moon. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the stars. And just, there was I, like, I knew I would find my way. And, and it was almost like I was enjoying the journey. It was almost like when I found that gate, I was like, oh, that was too fast. I was having fun, you know, but it was that presence that was so beautiful that allows you to see the beauty in something that when you weren't present and were in your head, you might've missed all of that. Why not live that way, right? Yeah. So you coach people on the nature of cottywobbling as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, I say it like that because it's like, it's almost like, I don't know if I coach people or just explore with them and help them see more clear what's possible. You know, like I have, like one of my favorite things is my my group. And, and it was funny because last, the end of the last group, one of the, one of the people said, this is the first group I've ever been in. It's so cool. We don't have a facilitator <laughs> because it's like, we're just a group of explorers together. We happen to meet on my zoom. And that's a perfect example of like, even how I hoped I, maybe in one-on-one coaching, it's a little more directive, but I try not to be like, I try just to be so open and be, be an explorer. Like my Facebook page there's a picture of a bench banner, I guess. Actually, let me go because I'm horrible at remembering. So I want to read it to you guys because it's kind of like that's how I want to live and coach by. So the, the, the bench in the picture says, don't walk in front of me. Don't walk behind me. Walk beside me and just be my friend. And that's how, believe me, people, especially people that know me well, like family members are like, she's not all enlightened. In fact, she loses it and she's... <laughs> because I'm not I'm a human but like that bench that's why it's been my profile picture for probably two years or banner for probably two years now because the moment I saw that bench I was like that's it that's not only how I want to live that's how I want to like explore people guide anyone that's open like that's how that's how I want to be as a coach so beautiful it reminds me of that quote by Ram Das, who said we're all just walking each other home yeah and we all see different angles of what's in front of us and you see something I don't see, I might see something you see, but it's very, not to get de- uh, political, but it's very democratic in that way. It's, we all have it. We all have this wisdom. We all have this creative nature. Sometimes it's obscured for me and you can point it out. Might be a time and it's not obscure for me and I can share it with you. Yes, no, it's exactly. And that's why it's like, to me, cottywampling isn't a, something to teach anyone. Like I said, we already have done it. There's not one person on the planet that, that isn't a cottywampler. Like, just so you guys all know, everybody here, everybody's listening, you're a cottywampler. You're a cottywampler from way back. <laughs> and so cottywampling is honestly, is it, it's, it's, it's like the most beautiful, pure exploration there ever is. So it's bringing people back to realizing they are all cottywamplers. And then the act of cottywampling is just being open, present, and exploring. Which can be done in your Airstream, at your desk, in your kitchen, yeah. wherever you are. And the paint on the canvases behind you, you know. I'm wondering, like, what do you, because you've, you've kind of heard about Cotty Wampling enough. Like, what's your take on Cotty Wampling and creativity? I think that's the ground for exploring anything. You know, what, I, what I've seen over and over again when I do artwork is that if I am, if I go in with expectations, if I go in with some idea of what I think is going to happen, it ruins the experience of it. Yeah. So the way my, my own painting has evolved is that I create the, the papers, I paint the papers first, and then I'm, 
on a blank paper and I say, okay, what wants to show up here? What wants to go together? What wants to dance? What wants to play here? And as soon as I started, I had really good advice from one of my uh, earlier teachers who said, if you're taking more than three seconds to make a decision, you got to stop right there and go on to the next thing because your head will start really saying, well, is this the right idea? Should I be doing that? Or does this look good? It never helps. It just gets in the way. So I love what you're saying about just coming from your heart and just following that flow, because to me, that's, that's the best way to live. Yeah. Whether I'm painting or talking to someone or doesn't matter what it's just a place of openness and uh, appreciation and noticing and gratitude and isn't this great kind of a feeling oh yeah beautiful yeah <laughs> yeah so let's do this let's open the call up to anybody who has a question or a comment and if not you and I will just keep yakking okay right so everybody probably knows to raise their little I'm gonna make a blue digital hand here and someday I'll have it. But Nikon's already ahead of me. So Nikon, over to you. Hey, Christy. Hello. You're one of my favorite mentors from the whole, from the whole <laughs> thing. So first of all, I want to thank you for ruining my life. Because <laughs> since getting to know you and Cotty Wumpel, like once you see it, you can't not see it. And every time I kind of feel like my ambition, like, okay, let's take like, let's, and I'm like, yeah, you're doing that thing. And Chris, you know, and I'm like, just the seeing was beautiful. So I had this big realization that I'd love to, for you to speak to. I realized that I was really operating from this really, I was talking to Martin Dower about this too, about this premise I had about my work. And I wrote about it too. I realized like, oh, Nikon thinks the three Ps are about helping people experience better things and less of the bad things. And in kind of what you were saying, I realized how, yeah, but that's not living. Like it's, it needs to be all of it and be less afraid of the bad things too. So I've been going on um, Toku, who's another coach. He, he, go, he goes on these things called wait night, date nights. He just goes on a date and does nothing. He just waits for nothing. But he brings flowers and, and like he just waits in a car. And he writes and I was like, I wait in the car. I got bored. I fell asleep, but I'm awake. You know, so I did that. And all of these thoughts that I've been constantly like, it's just your thinking. It's just like they all came to the forefront. And I was like, so I took a deep breath and I was like, okay, let's just not, it's just your thinking. Let's, let's see what happens. I'm like, and then like five minutes, I'm like, Christ, I'm so lonely, this sucks, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, but, but what messed me up was how satisfying it was, Christy. How satisfying the loneliness and the pain and the sorrow was. And I was like, wow, I would never want to take this away from anybody. And, and like I wrote about it, I realized like, you know, if you came here only to be happy, without experiencing pain that puts you on your knees. Like that's, that's a rip off. Like, like you don't get the good, like, you know what I mean? So I'd love for you to speak to that too. Cause I think people rarely speak about that. Cause I think in this space, it's mostly, it feels like we're always talking about how to be happier and how to blah, blah, blah. But nobody talks yeah. about the juicy stuff that comes from just sitting in not nice thinking. Yeah. It's the judgment. Yeah. You know, like even that, it's like, it's not nice thinking. Well, I, I totally get what you're saying. Cause there's sometimes you're just like, that's not nice thinking, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but it's so like experiencing, it was funny. Cause we're, I was just in a conversation with a group yesterday about this, about experiencing emotions without judgment, mm -hmm. like experiencing anything without judgment, you know, and it came up, it was actually Dickon that said this. He said, he, he compared it to sports. He goes, you know, anger 
without judgment can be so freeing, like so, you can be so like driven in a good way. And I can relate because I played college basketball and it was funny. And in high school, my coach told me, my basketball coach said, you play awesome when you're pissed off. <laughs> like, like that's the trick. If I can get you pissed off, you're going to have the game of your life. But the thing was, is I don't think I would be pissed off at anything. Like I wasn't judging. I would just get pissed off and then I would just go into this zone. And that's what Dickon was describing. Like anger without judgment is that. And you don't have to be in sport, but it's just a good example. And then like I could see how like, like grief or sadness without judgment can be so beautiful. Like I've, I've, I've experienced, that was one of my first times I experienced pure emotion without judgment was feeling really sad. And it was so beautiful. And what was interesting is was I think I was crying about with sadness for maybe a minute, but I suddenly wasn't. I didn't even know what happened. It was like a baby. You see a baby that's been crying and they're giggling with a wet face. Like that happened to me as an adult. And it was the, it was the first time I just let myself be sad and didn't judge anything. I was like, oh, I'm going to go with this. And so it's, but you can take that out into anything. Like, again, that's what's so cool about cottywumpling, whatever that is, is it applies to everything. So we're talking about emotions, but it, what if that we lived life without judgment? And believe me, I'm guilty of judgment, 100%. I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I don't, but I can just see how, whether it's with people or situations or emotions or anything, when we are without judgment, like we come from that pure place. And so what you're asking about is emotions. Like when I, most people don't think it was all rainbows and butterflies. Like I sold my house. I drove off into the sunset and I was like, oh my gosh, like, oh, it wasn't, it was awful. It was horrible. <laughs> I, I can tell you, I, I made it to Texas and nothing against anybody from Texas. It just happened to be where I was. But I was like, this sucks. Like I want my old house back. I want my old job back. I want it was back, you know, it was in 2017 when the commercials about the Staples easy button was like all the rage. And I was like, give me the freaking easy button. And I want to rewind. I made the biggest mistake of my life. I was so lonely. I remember trying to be all hard and tough, but just like crying. Like I remember one of my friends called and I was just like, ah. you know, I mean, I reached out to, I was in Supercoach during this ugly, horrible, really lonely period. Nothing against Supercoach Academy, but it just happened to me what I was doing in the midst of this. And I remember reaching out to my mentor coach, like, I don't care about Supercoach Academy. Can you help me? You know, like, I just want somebody, I need to, I need help with this feeling. And I was so lost and lonely because I, it was almost like I imagined this fairy tale that I would, would happen when I left everything and rode off into the sunset. And it didn't feel that way. But what you were saying about living through that, it was a gift. That was the part of my life where I saw that I went on a walkabout like the Aboriginals do. Yeah. And I had to go through that. And I can say, I can't ever imagine feeling lonely like that ever again the rest of my life. But I saw such deep stuff about life during that period, which opened my eyes to so much more than not being lonely. I think that's why I love you so much. Because I think like intuitively, I get that you get it like that like you've been there you know what I mean like like you've yeah. been there and I've been there it's like oh yeah she she gets it without saying it and yeah. I think that's so cool I think that's that's the gift it allows you to really deeply connect with everybody who's also been there instead of just like talking about it yeah yeah because well, we've all been there yeah we've all been there yeah yeah that's true we've all been there <laughs> and we've all been in the we've all been not that we've all been Texas Texas time crying to our friends but we've all been in that place but we've also all been in the really beautiful, lovely place 
where we've experienced an emotion that we might have previously judged as wrong, but somehow it was beautiful. And even if it's only happened this much, we've all experienced that. But that's available to us all the time, like when we live without judgment, like fear. Like what if we could be afraid without judging ourselves or the fear or whatever we're afraid of? Like what if we could be totally cool with just letting that fear bubble up in us and just being like, but not judging the fear, not judging myself, not judging anything, but just living in it, being present with it. Thank you, Kristen. Sure. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. All right, let's go to Mr. Stein. I just, I'm just loving this, uh, Christy, and I love your stories. And I was, I was, I was uh, glad to hear finally the official version of the firehouse story. Uh, I, I thought you were running one firehouse. I didn't know you were a lieutenant and making all the decisions and sitting in the command seat and all that. And I'm, I'm not surprised because I can easily imagine you doing it. But it, it is, it's a very impressive story. And, and I was thinking as you were talking about cottywampling that it's really just sort of giving yourself permission to make it up as you go along. Uh, there was something you were just saying about judgment, and it really took me somewhere because it made me realize I'm doing more of that lately, experiencing something that might not be pleasant or something that I might not be proud of without judgment, and it just makes it so goddamn much easier. And it's the judgment, I think, that just locks it in place and makes it seem like it won't go away and seem like a, a horribly, unbearably heavy load. And without that, it's just something that's happening and then it's gone. True. I have a question for you, but I've forgotten. I, you were saying so many things that were just wonderful. I, I lost it, so sorry. Oh, no worries. Because I love hearing you talk too. Not right now. <laughs> but yes, to what Gary said. Beautiful. Byron Katie has a book called Loving What Is, and she yes. talks about being at war with reality, which is where most of our thinking takes us. When we don't yeah. want it this way, or we think it should go another way, or we've got some kind of objection to what it is, and our thinking is just putting up the roadblocks, one in front of another and another. And it's when we are able to realize that it's not reality that's the problem but it's how we're looking at reality then we have a different possibility to live the way that you're talking about i love that you know what's funny is i don't i don't know anything about byron katie like beyond i know a cockroach crawled on her or something somebody told me that and, and like she had an enlightenment experience like i know that much but other than that i don't really know much about her but i one it was last summer again in oregon i started i really saw like what you're talking, what you're speaking to about what is. And I wrote a blog about what is, and I made a video and it's like, there was this new cool thing. And somebody wrote me an email and says, Byron Katie wrote a whole book about this. <laughs> you know? Like, have you read it? I'm like, no, but, but no, it's fun. But it's cool. Like I love when that happens because it's almost like, okay, there's truth because someone and probably many, many someone's, I'm probably a slow learner that saw that later on, but there's many, many people that have seen that. And it's like, how can we all see the same thing if it wasn't true? There's such beautiful in letting go. That's the letting, when we started this call with letting go. I don't know if you saw me, I get all fired up. Because this what is thing is like one of my favorite topics in the whole world. When we can let go to that degree and just be like, oh, well, I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> like, I guess what's what's happening. Like when we can see that that's what is. And it can be beautifulness. It can be not the one judging, but it can be can be things that seem horrible 
It can be death and destruction and loss, and it can be the most beautiful day of your life, and it can be anything in between. But the more we can see that that's what is, and that's what always was and is, we can still be sad, and we can still be angry, and we can still be full of joy and love and all that. Is something when we just know that that's what is, and there's, you know, like a perfect example is I today I was supposed to be leaving the beach in Connecticut and driving to Boston to stay on a river outside of Boston, and I was like, it's funny because I was just telling my mom that the other day. It was like I said it jokingly. I'm like, yeah, I'm supposed to be on the beach in Connecticut right now, and I'm in I'm in Florida and it's hot and sweaty and and I'm, there's a lot of stuff happening in Florida, and I'm really really happy to be here, but it's just funny because I really thought I was going to be somewhere else today, but the instant that thing, things happened and I knew the instant my heart said, be to Florida now. In fact, be there yesterday. It was just like drop everything and go with nothing on it. And then I didn't even know, like my, my journey to Florida was not even what I thought it was going to be. And then when I got here, being with family during, during the time that we're being in right now, like there's no, there's so much happening to know that that's what is to know that that's always been what is. And now the best I can describe this is we, we all know whether you celebrate Christmas or another holiday where you get to open a present, your birthday, anything. Like we know the feeling of seeing the presents under the tree or on the mantle wrapped up. Like it's our present. We're like, oh, it's my present. And we have no idea what's in the present. Like our only job is to go open it. And we open it and sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, the best present ever. And sometimes we're like, oh, thank you. That was very kind. You know, like, but no matter what, we have no say, really. I mean, we can ask for a present, but we really have no say what's inside the box. And that's all we're doing. And every moment in life, every moment in life, we're opening the gift of the present moment. What's in that box has been in that box sitting on the mantle. We can't like talk our way out of changing what's in the box. We just open the box and all right, that's what is. But that's how we can, if we can live life like that and be totally non-judgmental with our feelings about what's in the box at the time, and just live it, like it changes everything. It changes everything for all of us. Yeah, so, that's I think so I just beautifully put. Rift on that a little bit. <laughs> Perfect. Let's go to Katrin. Over to you, my dear. Hey, hey. Uh, thank you so much. This is such a lovely conversation. And uh, yeah, it's funny that whole Kariwa Bluing thing because, like, yeah, I have a little sailboat that I bought like 12 years ago in Mexico, and I, you know, had this big plan. I was going to go on all this huge adventure across the Pacific, and you know, long story short, I'm still fiddling around in that same little bay in Mexico. And this year, I mean, because of the COVID and everything, I haven't even seen my boat for almost a year. So it's just kind of like oh, the, the unadventurous adventure or kind of cottywampling around in this, you know, getting stuck in this, you know, totally unplanned thing. And part of that is it's, you know, I've definitely had like on an ongoing you know, judgment about it too, like, oh my God, like I should have been doing this, I should have been doing that to be more adventurous and all these, you know. Um, now, yeah, because of all this gang and this conversation, I'm just totally chill and just whatever happens, you know, it's, it happens. Yeah. Actually, as far as like this conversation about creativity and body wumbling, I just, you know, a couple of days ago, I got thrown into kind of a creative deadline with something which is, um, you know, totally just redoing, rebuilding my website, my professional quote unquote identity, which has been in this sort of butterfly stage of goo where the old identity melts. And I've sort of trusted that melting and just being like lying low and just hanging out in there and just really getting into this conversation and now signing on to the, you know, coaching mastery thing this year. Um, uh, all the three sessions, um, the 
friend of mine who just proposed this collaboration and she's like, oh, you know, your website. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's, I haven't touched it in three years. It's so random. It's so not me anymore. It's like, yeah, I know you're so much more awesome. Blah, 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 blah. And, and she said, you know, from a branding point of view, oh, you know, it should be clean and clear so that people understand who you are. Um, <laughs> like understand who I am. Like, I don't understand who I am. I'm like formless <laughs> taking new form every moment. You know? <laughs> so you're so coming from like this New York kind of almost like, you know, fashion-y, very image-y kind of branding world speak, which she's well-versed in and, and which has its own, you know, legitimacy. And of course, like it works in certain ways. But, and I was kind of like, oh, interesting challenge. And I'm, it's, uh, and I'm finding myself kind of back and forth over, this is a very short deadline that I have to kind of just throw something together in the next two weeks. I'm finding myself kind of stuck between this, oh, this is kind of a fun creative challenge. I love when universe throws me a total curveball and it's kind of cool little kick in ass to like, Oh shit, like who am I? <laughs> I like define myself, find like the one or two or three images that are like so awesome. That'll be like the brand. So it's it's like a funny creative like overthinking and then like, you know, dropping back into this cool like yay, creative exploration space. And of course, like websites, they're not carved in stone, thankfully. Like I can redo it every every day, every minute. Like yeah. it'll be kind of cool if there was such a formula would be like a random identity generator like every new time someone clicks on it it'll be like a different you know the website itself would regenerate itself in a different way <laughs> it would be cool. exactly <laughs> so yeah any any words of like advice or whatever to put into cobwebs a little more like i feel like there's sort of cobwebs and then there's clearings and then there's cobwebs and no i mean it sounds like what you described i think probably everyone on the call and listening or anyone could relate I mean, that's why when, when Nina read my bio, I probably haven't touched the bio in a year and I heard it and I'm like, oh, I, I should probably go change it. Like, I, I wish I wish our websites were like the tail of a lizard, you know, like where it could fall off, it'll just grow, it'll grow a new tail. Because, but, it, but I think it's almost like what you're describing, like, bravo, good for you to see that. Because if there's anybody that can make a website or anything else and like you look back at it at a later moment and you're like, yep, that's it there's something that's not moving. We're speaking of creativity, like as in we're creating, but like we are creativity, like we are ever changing and evolving. So of course, what you say about yourself now is going to be different than some other time down the road. But it's like, yeah, we do. We don't, we aren't, our websites aren't the tail of a lizard. (laughs) Like if anyone could figure that one out, like they would make a lot of money. Like your website just morphs as you morph without having to work on it. But it's almost like it's a cool, it's a cool experience to, to see that and to know like I can, yeah, I have to explore and see what feels right now. But knowing that you might go back next month and change it or it might be fine for a year, but there'll be a point where you'll read that and be like, and then when you do that, it's almost like, yay, you know, congratulations. <laughs> you know, like congratulations that you're different, that you've seen, that your, your creativity has shifted, not only what you're putting out in the world, but who you see yourself as. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's cool. It's just like, I feel like yeah, just having a sense of humor about the whole process is pretty key. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, what do you hear in all that, like, for yourself? Well, yeah, like the idea of like, yeah, that the creative, like, we are the creativity and that it is, it is an ongoing process. And certainly, like, you know, this short deadline of two weeks, like, I don't, like, my expectations are pretty low as far as any kind of even style and quality, just to throw something up there that's just more current, more reflective of who I am as far as like design work or even like, you know, make things pretty or make things like, I love art, you know, I love sister's a graphic designer and I'm just kind of a dabbler in arts and designs, but just for fun. 
I love like colors and things. So I know I'll be just like, okay, if I treat it just as a kind of a sandbox of, of colors and things that I can just change and keep changing. And maybe it will be like this thing that just changes everyone randomly, every, every, whatever I feel like. You know? So yeah, it's, yeah. that's kind of like loosens, loosens the overthinking part about like, oh, she's got to create your brand identity. Like, oh, write down who you are, what your, you know, values or whatever the hell it's like. Yeah, no, it sounds like you're in a good place. But yeah, isn't that cool how, like, but we're all guilty of it. Someone suggested you make a website and they're like, do this. Like, you must, like, fill in these boxes. And it's like, yeah, like, maybe it is good to fill in those boxes. And maybe it's good to just see what pops up, you know? And maybe it, it, it's likely going to be a conglomeration of all that. But yeah, if, I, if somebody had me go and redo my website like that right now, I'd be like, oh, I don't know, you know? <laughs> but yeah, very beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, no, there's like a brilliant startup idea, certainly. And if someone could come up with a website where just plug into the little things and be like, okay, this is like the best expression of you right now in a website form. Boom. <laughs> Thanks so much. That was a lovely question. Let's go to Mika and then we'll swing around to Gary again. Hi, Mika. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Partly, I just wanted to say hi, but <laughs> I also wanted to share... <coughs> <laughs> how a few years ago, and it was actually on Facebook where I saw a post, you know, that was, that gave the definition of cottywampum. And I thought, wow, that's it. That's it. Because that's me. <laughs> now I get, that's exactly what my path is. Because people would ask me so often or not, you know, so often, but on occasion you get in conversations about your life and well, where do you see yourself five years from now? Or what do you want to have happen you know, at the end of the year, what do you, and I was always just befuddled, you know, like, I don't know. I, I mean, I do good to know what I'm going to have fixed for dinner tonight or, you know, like what this day is. And I've yeah. never, ever, ever been a person that did those goals and plans. And I just did, you know, I just lived, but somehow I felt like my life just had purpose organically. Yeah. Like by nature, you know, I mean, not some big, huge purpose necessarily, but that I just kind of, it just had its own path and I was just kind of walking along it, you know, but it seemed like it, there was some kind of organic direction that it was going. I just had no idea what it was. Yeah. So anyway, when I came across that word, it just, for some, it settled in like, yeah, see, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. So, and then your, your trip to Texas, it may, and, and also I will say that as an artist, I live that way too. Like if I can't go in and think like, what do I want this to be? That's way too stressful. It's just like, it's a process. Let me just jump in the process and see what happens. And, and that's the only way I can create it. And that it feels like work and craft and it, then it's no fun. And if it's no fun, who wants to do it? Like it's, you know, I could just go do anything then. But in terms of like relocation, like I did that, like I had this great job. I was making good money. I was running a gallery in New York and doing my own thing. And I did freelance work and I was doing acting and all kinds of stuff. But I reached this point where I was like, I need a change in my life. Like I'm ready for something totally different. I came out here to California on a visit. A friend of mine was trying to nudge me to come out and do some stuff with her out in nature. And I was like, I don't know. I, I've never even been to that part of California. I'd have to go see it, you know? And so I came out here on a trip, like for a week. And I literally called back on my job and said, hey, I love you guys, but I'm giving you my notice. 
and I packed up everything and I moved out to where I like it out in the woods by myself where all I had was a wood burning stove from Soho <laughs> to like this like wood burning stove in the woods and and you know I had this romantic idea of how it was going to be but it didn't quite turn out that way and so there were whole lots of challenges financial and you know the thing not working out with my friend and now I didn't know anybody and I was out here in the woods and how was I going to make it work but it's seven years and I'm still here and like I'm finding my way and creating new things in my life, like the coaching and, and doing other things. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I really, that was just what got me out here, but that wasn't really the purpose. You know, that was just sort of <laughs> the path. So anyway, I just um, was really happy to be on this conversation because it felt really true to the way I live. <laughs> yeah. Well, beautiful. And that's cool that you had that experience. Cause my bet is pretty much anybody when they really get what we're talking about can relate and be like, that's it. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, and it doesn't mean you have to move, but like me and you, we, we physically move, yeah. but I just think the little kid in all of us, that little kid relates to living like this because I really think I know, and you, you can explore this for yourself. Like, I'm not saying this is all it. in my heart. I know this is how we were meant to live. Yeah. Like that's it. In fact, we all, that's why I'm saying is if you go back to when we were all kids, like if we were all sitting here as two, three, four, five-year-olds, we would be like, yeah, all of us, you know, you could take anybody in the world and they could relate to this. And then life has like molded us into something else inside. You could, you could share this in a special way with anyone. And I think they can all be like, yes, like, it's just who we are. Yeah, that's it. That's how it, it feels like this is how we were meant to live. Yeah. So thank you, Mika. Thank you. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, let's go back to Gary. Going back to Gary. I, I know we only have a Gary. second, so I'm just going to, you know, when you were talking about resisting what is a little while ago, I've been doing a bunch of writing about separating pain from suffering that's intended to help people who, uh, like me, have been in constant pain for a long time. And what I wrote yesterday lines up exactly with what you were saying, and it's this. Suffering is essentially you having an argument with your pain. It's you experience pain, experiencing pain and telling yourself that you shouldn't be. I, I'm sorry we don't have more time to play with that because it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that right now because I'm doing so much, I'm, I'm, I'm generating so much stuff about it. Yeah, but, that's beautiful. There's uh, so many people that want to hear that. Mm -hmm. Like that's a big, to me, that's, that comes up so often about pain and health and all that. And I think most everyone who has a body, which is everyone, can relate in some way to having a struggle with pain or health of some sort. So like, yeah. wow, what a, what a worthwhile topic to explore and share. And, and the judgment you were talking about earlier, that's always involved in suffering. You know, without judgment, there's really not suffering. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, that's the what is thing. Mm -hmm. Like when we can just be like, oh, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. Or this is how it is, or this is where I'm at, or you name it, the suffering melts. It goes back to the, like judgment and suffering kind of, or somehow touch each other, but it goes back to being able to feel any emotion, but not suffer through those emotions. Mm -hmm. Just be with it, be present. So any emotion, any situation, anything, what if we could just be in that without the judgment and suffering? Like, man, ow, I can hurt, I can grieve, I can be angry. But what if I wasn't upset with myself or something else or the pain itself for the fact of that? 
Yeah. What if it was just like, oh, this is what's coming up right now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I can't wait to read it, Gary. I'll send if you, you want to share. If you'd like to see it, I'd be happy to. Yeah, I'd love to. That's great. I'd love to have you read it. Thanks. Yeah. Great. Christy, we're, we're at the top of the hour. I would love to invite you to share any last thoughts that you have, as well as letting us know where people can find you. Sure. Maybe not physically, but yeah, on the World Wide Web. It's hard to keep up <laughs> if you're trying to physically find me. It's like where, where somebody yesterday said, yesterday said, it's like, where's Waldo or where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? It's, that's yeah. my life. Uh, thoughts. For all us Cottywamplers, it's simplicity. That's our beacon. Like I shared this with some, it was the first thing I thought of, time I thought of this metaphor. But just this past week, I shared with someone about a lighthouse. Like a lighthouse is, is a beacon. And when we're living like this, when we're living in this freedom, this space of what is, like the space of experiencing whatever happens and comes up with, with the surrender and the simplicity is our beacon. The more we're traveling and exploring and being and getting more and more in touch with simplicity, like that's our beacon. That's how we, we know. It's hard to explain because it's not, it's not intellectual. You can't be like, okay, simple. Let's take a right. You know, it's not like that. It's a, it's just something else. And simplicity is the easiest word I can come up with, but it's that that's our beacon. So when something is difficult or appears difficult, or like Gary was saying, there's suffering, like that doesn't feel simple. It doesn't seem simple. And so it's like, well, then there's nothing to do, but you're like, oh, I'm, I'm lost here. There's nothing to do, but just realize that and be open. Almost when I'm in that place of difficultness, I'm, when I realize it, I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to see here? Like, what's life going to, what's life going to show me? You know, and, and that's my big thing is life is our coach and our guide. Like, it's great to have explorers to explore with. We can see this through life, through our living and it's simplicity. That's it. And it's, that's as simple as it gets. So I hope that was a good ending. And where to find me is, uh, you know, I'm on Facebook. You can take a screenshot of my name. There's not many of us. So you can find me on Facebook, and, but send me a note because I get a lot of Facebook requests and I don't accept all of them. Everyone listening, just send me a note and say, hey, I saw you on Nina's show and I'll, I'll accept you. But yeah, you can follow my journeys on Facebook, um, on Instagram, and on Cotty Wample now. And my website is Revolution, Y-O-U-R-E-V-O-L-U-T-I-O-N. And that's the best ways to find me. And you are, are you doing another Cotty Wampling group soon? Yes, actually, uh, the next group starts... August 13th, Thursdays at 8 Pacific. It's cool. I can remember that. But yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a small group. I, I cap it. It's usually around 12. I cap it. It will never be more than 14. And um, there's no facilitator, by the way, is the rumor. It's just exploration. But it's really a, a fun experience if you're interested. Sounds great. Big hugs and love to you. Thank you so much. Yes. And thank you, Nina. This is really a cool thing you've got going on. Well, thank so. you. It's made cool by people like you. Yes, and thanks everyone. This was really fun. That's right. Thanks everyone. We'll see you next time. <laughs>